when we started our journey through family and adolescent mental health, I observed this phenomenon where kids who are in treatment centers will have contests about who has the most trauma or who has the most illness. And there is this hierarchy in eating disorder clinics or places that deal with eating disorders, which is just about every teen mental health facility, anorexics who get tubed are at the top of the scale, meaning anorexics who, though they're in treatment, still refuse to eat or refuse to stop vomiting and are then put on feeding tubes and restraint so that they are forced to take nourishment. They are at the top, baby. They're the heroes. And there is an online culture that exists. And if you have grandkids or kids, please be aware of this. That there are these pretend psychiatrists and psychologists and health experts and brain experts who will assign to kids victim status. And you'll end up with the modern equivalent of multiple personality disorder, which doesn't exist. And if it has, it's in maybe two cases. So this is a, that's called an associative disorder. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I've also observed, and you have two, that we live in a victim culture. That victimhood is a virtue. And I've also noticed this, that Antifa and Black Lives Matter Incorporated seek victims. Antifa particularly is obvious. They seek men who think they're women and they seek child molesters. And what do we see? We see men who think they're women being allowed to force women to pretend they are women. And we see maps, minor attracted persons, the flipping of the word pedophile into the garbage replaced with minor attracted persons. Now, I thought we were the ones just observing this, but it turns out that the academic field of study has been looking into victim as virtue. This is a psychologist pretty well recognized as a pioneer in the field named Sam uh, Vinkton talking. When the victim is not gratified by the rescuer, she becomes an abuser. And when the abuser witnesses the behavior of the rescuer, he tries to be the rescuer. So everyone cycles. What I'm trying to say is that the potential for aggression and even violence in victimhood movements is much larger than in the general population. And even I would go as far as saying that it's equal to psychopathic movement. Okay, so let's take that... And let's apply it to what we're watching. We just had the second Trump supporter murdered. Let's apply this. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. 
Speaking of psychopaths, I'm just looking at a tweet here from Robert Rush. I know. God bless Russ. He came up with it. Rush. We just witnessed a hostile takeover of Twitter by the richest man in the world who regularly tries to science, science critics. Silence them. This is absolutely what oligarchy looks like. <laughs> yeah, funny thing that that appeared at the top of my Twitter thread, isn't it? Funny thing. I personally find it fascinating when something we observe is being studied in academia, but we don't hear about it because, of course, it's not a popular conclusion. Uh, we're going to play a longer clip than we normally play. And it is uh, from that same psych- psychologist I just mentioned, talking about this victim as virtue phenomena. The reason that uh, this gets me, I guess, curious is because it feels very much like when the COVID stuff began to break down, which was pretty quick in our circles. And we began to realize it was a massive psyop. Uh, I've sensed for years that the left is claiming victims and militarizing victims or pretend victims, people who've convinced themselves they're victims because I've met these people, because uh, I've had the opportunity to interact with the Antifa types. So we're going to dig into that and apply it to the political field and what's happening in politics it it is it's it's a match guys and wait till you hear this whole video or this whole piece from the psychologist as he talks about where this leads So last week uh, was the last live free live webinar that Zach Abraham is going to do for 2022 to explain Bulwark Capital Management's risk management strategy. So let me jump in and tell you what I've learned from Zach all these years. Uh, he's the guy who will point out things that that when you hear it, you'll go, wait a minute. Wait, why isn't everyone else talking about that? Let me give you an example. Uh, Tesla stock gets to this enormous level. And yet there is no possibility that all these electric car diktats, you know, which has driven the Tesla stock up, these 17 states that have to follow the suicide pact of California to force you, if you want a new car and you want to purchase it in your home state, to force you to purchase an electric car. Um, that's not possible. Our infrastructure cannot support that. There's hundreds of years of work to do. It cannot be supported. So why is their stock so high? Good question. Well, here's more. Why is it that the guts of the Tesla, it's an electric car. Why is it that the metals and minerals required to power that car, that those stocks have not skyrocketed? You can't have Teslas without those ingredients. Why isn't anyone else talking about that? Well, just like when Zach was shorting housing stocks because he knew the housing market was rigged, he's been telling us how rigged our financial system is in this country. And he's been consistent. That's why you'll hear him say the 60-40 stock bond mix no longer applies. It's a chaos economy, guys. So while the last free live webinar happened in this year, 
you're not out of luck. You can still call Bulwark Capital Management and ask them to look at your portfolio and, and help them and they'll help you determine, is it ready for the chaos economy? And the closer you are to retirement, the more important it is you make the call. And I would add, if you're 58 years old and still working, hey, you can transfer your 401k to Bulwark and it's not a taxable event. So don't think that you're out of the mix if you're working. Here's their phone number. It's 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. So this is um, this psychiatrist, or probably psychologist, who is um, warning us about this 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 phenomena, the, the phenomena, for instance, that leads us to this. You had psychopaths running Twitter, sociopaths, uh, and uh, look, I'm I'm describing behaviors. Uh, they they ruin people. They shut down careers. <laughs> they participate in censorship. They broadcast and enforce lies. Men are not women, and yet you can be kicked off of Twitter for saying a man is not a woman. Elon Musk went and bought Twitter. And now that's been finalized. It was finalized last week. And what do we get right off the bat is Elon fires two of their, their former talk execs and sends them packing. What do we see? We see this stuff like Robert Reich. Now it's an oligarchy. Okay, but it wasn't before. Jack Dorsey's one of the world's richest men. It's not just Twitter. He also invented Square. Mark Zuckerberg is one of the world's richest men. Right? The the the, the Google brothers are some of the world's are, are the world's richest men. And kind of what I just talked about with Zach. That's the stock prices don't work, but chaos and Robert Reich's not bothered by that or you get this this is an actual headline from MSNBC disabled Americans have the right to be represented and most importantly to work and that includes working for the U.S. government let me ask you a question have you ever met a person who said "Uh, disabled people don't have a right to be represented they, they, they don't, they, disabled people shouldn't count in in representative government any have you ever met anyone who says that no Of course not, because you're not insane. What are they saying? What's this about? It's about John Fetterman. The MSNBC editorial claims if you don't want to vote for John Fetterman, because John Fetterman is is legitimately not there mentally, it's not his fault. He had a stroke. And I don't know what his life was like before he had the stroke. Hey, maybe he was injected a bunch of times. That can give you a stroke. Either way, I'm not going to blame him for a stroke. I don't think he wanted to have a stroke, but he had one and he is mentally empty right now. And, and God willing, he, he, he could come back, but I don't think he believes in God. And if he believes in God, I, I think he hates God. I think he acts like a guy who hates the Lord. Certainly his wife does. But if you don't vote for this guy, it's because you don't think disabled people have a right to be represented or that disabled people should be allowed to work for the federal government. Well, sometimes a, 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 a form of disablement means you can't do a specific job like write legislation or understand what you're voting on 
or have you'd be owned by your staff like Joe Biden is. But the Democrats are okay with that because they're run they're running around with a bunch of psychopaths. They're perfectly okay that the, the guy we're supposed to call president of the United States d- doesn't know how many legs he has. I'm not making fun of Joe Biden and making fun of the circumstance. Here's another one. This is from this is from a college professor and a blogger and in columnist at the Guardian and a, a, by the way a talk show host and he's got a great big footprint. People like the way he talks, I guess. Here's the truth: few will say aloud, uh, but I will. Being a senator is America's easiest job. You just have to sit there and say yay or nay. The notion that John Fetterman can't do that job because he's recovering from a health uh, event is moronic, and everyone knows it. No, David, professor. To say yay or nay, but not understanding that to which you're saying yay or nay? Even if it was true that that's a senator's only job, and some senators treat it that way. It's their only job. I just, all I do is vote. I let everyone else handle the legislation. My staff writes this. I don't know what my positions are. My, my staff figures that out. All I do is call donors and vote yay or nay. Even then, you have to know what you're voting yay or nay about. John Fetterman shows no sign that he knows any of this. Now, this brings us to the topic of victimhood as virtue because David Sirota just said it. After a fashion. Dr. Michael Schellenberger interviewed a pretty pioneering psychologist. Did I say psychiatrist earlier? I'm getting the Biden. Psychologist. Sam Vankton, Vanknin, and this is a longer piece than I would normally play, but it is so vital that we understand that the, 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 our sense, hey, victimhood is virtue, and they're making everybody out to be a victim, and, and Tony Fauci's a psychopath, and he's not the only one. He's not the only one. Okay, this clip explains the phenomena we are seeing. What are your views on on such things as cancel culture and the whole woke movement and trying to keep all narratives politically correct. What's your view on this? Where is this leading us? It's not my view. It's the view of uh, clinical psychology. In the past few years, we have begun to study victimhood movements and the psychology of victimhood movements. So we have, for example, studies by Gabay, G-A-B-A-Y, and allies, four, four massives conducted mainly in Israel. We have studies in British Columbia and so forth, and I'll size them for you. What we're beginning to find is that certain people are prone to adopt victimhood as an identity. Their victimhood is their identity. Their victimhood endows their life with meaning, makes sense of the world. So it's an organizing principle. They would seek to be victims even in situations where they would not have been victimized otherwise. When they are not victimized, they push you to victimize them. This is called projective identification. And so there is something called TIV. TIV is a new psychological describing these kind of people. You can see these people online, for example, in the empaths movement and other nonsensical labels, where these people are actually very narcissistic, very grandiose, extremely aggressive, lacking in them of any kind, and yet they claim that they have been victimized all their lives because they are super empathic and they are sensitive and so forth, and they are proud of their victimhood. They compete with each other. My abuser was much worse than your abuser. No, my abuse was unprecedented. I understand that you were abused. I'm sorry for you, but my abuse was much... It's identity politics. It becomes identity politics. A separate set of studies in Canada and elsewhere has shown that very fast, 
very soon, within usually two to three years maximum, victimhood movements such as Me Too, Black Lives Matter, and so on, get hijacked by narcissists and psychopaths. So the infiltration of narcissists and psychopaths is universal in all these victimhood movements, and they become the public face of the movement. Victimhood movements are one of the most threatening and pernicious developments. There, there is a sociologist by the name of Campbell, and he said that we have transitioned from the age of dignity to the age of victimhood. It's very dangerous because if you are a perennial victim, if this is your identity, you are determined by your victim, you would tend to develop attendant behaviors. For example, you would tend to feel entitled to special treatment. And if the, you don't get this special treatment, you will become aggressive. And this is the irony. This was first described by Kaufman. There's a guy called Kaufman. And he described what he called the drama triangle. And he said abusers, the drama triangle includes abuser, victim, and rescuer or savior. But he said these roles are not fixed. When the victim is not gratified by the rescuer, she becomes an abuser. And when the abuser witnesses the behavior of the rescuer, he tries to be the rescuer. So everyone cycles. What I'm trying to say is that the potential for aggression and even violence in victimhood movements is much larger than in the general population. And even I would go as far as saying that it's equal to psychopathic movements. For example, the Nazi movement. Equal. Of course, the Nazism was a victimhood movement. Nazis presented themselves as victims of the Versailles Agreement, of the World Order. Germany was discriminated against. And, so and look on where it led. Similarly, communism was a victimhood movement. The proletariat was exploited by the landowners and by the industrialists and so on. We need to redress grievances. Anything that is grievance-based leads to violence and death. End of story. All death cults started as victimhood movements. ISIS is no exception. So it's dangerous. It's brilliant. And to, to hear it spoken of in that formal way, in that formal setting, of course, Nazism was a victim movement. Communism. I don't know that I'd thought of it that way. Yeah, I thought about the uh, haves and have-nots and Karl Marx. And remember this about Marx. He didn't, he wasn't an atheist. He hated God. He'd been a Christian, a Lutheran, until he was 17, and he hated God. He said, I will have revenge on God. And he had said, I will be like God. I, my shoulders will be on, on the level of, of God's. It, it, that's never going to happen, but that's what he said. And another way to look at grievance is coveting. And another way to look at things like reparations is organized theft. And we can see this happening. Uh, the state of Oregon is on the precipice of reinstituting a form of slavery. What is it? Well, they're going to make health care a right. Okay, it's a right, but how does that equal slavery? Well, think about this. How does health care occur? How does health care occur? And that should answer how it's like slavery. We had a Trump supporter murdered in Portland, Oregon by Antifa. We had a Trump supporter run down and killed by a, a sick Democrat. Oh, we had the Trump supporter murdered in Denver. I forgot about that one. We've been warning about this for a long time. I call them the little baby Khmer Rouge for a reason. You know, having Fauci, the psychopath, um, 
do what he did to the world of healthcare has had a, a stunning effect. Now think of this. Uh, for many years, healthcare workers have been on the, you know, on, on, on the front lines, as it were, of people screening kids for abuse. You know, when they see obvious signs of abuse, they, uh, they, they confront that. And one of the things that has been a hallmark of that, or not a hallmark, but a red flag is when parents are aggressive towards healthcare workers and their kids. Guess what? A lot of parents are going to be aggressive. Huh. Because Fauci has ruined the trust in healthcare. Which means there's going to be a lot of people who are going to seek healthcare outside of the system. Right? To, to uh, hospitals and such that don't take insurance. So instead of that, let's get proactive. I mean, yes, get outside the system if you can afford it. But let's get proactive. The extra fat that you carry on your body is an invitation for the technocrats to get their grips on you. Then the older we get, the more stress and strain it puts on our bodies, the extra fat. Okay, the more strain, the more opportunity for the technocrats to get their grips on you. So if the discomfort of having too much fat hasn't been the motivation or the inability to do things that you like to do. And maybe that's maybe you don't maybe you say, hey Herman, I, I don't like to move around. I like to read and stay in my house, do a little gardening. Okay. But if getting into the grips, getting the, the grips of the technocrats on you, th- that should be motivation for everybody. And the people at Soda Weight Loss, they're proactive. They're not insurance-based, they're healthcare providers. And they were founded as healthcare providers, and they still do that. But they provide the healthcare in advance of the disease, and it helps forestall the disease. Right? Because the less unwanted fat you carry, the longer you live, the healthier you live, the less stress in the body. Just just go to sodaweightloss.com. Know that I firmly recommend them. Know I have loved ones on the program, people closest to me in the world. That's Soda Weight Loss, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. Stands for state-of-the-art because they are. Sodaweightloss.com. State of Oregon is thinking of, well, they're on the precipice, as I said earlier, of instituting healthcare as a right, which is psychopathic in nature. Yes, it's hidden in good intent. Satan always hides himself in good intent. Satan doesn't jump out of a tree and say, cheat on your husband or your wife. He just says, oh, watch a little porn. Just take you off track a little bit. Likewise, with the healthcare as a right. What this means is people can now seize the body of others. Uh, that healthcare is my right. You will give it to me. I don't want to give you that healthcare. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's my right. It's my right to have you provide me a service. That's slavery. Oh, but the doctors are paid. They're not going to be paid what they want to be paid. Once this becomes a right, you're going to have a whole other brand of doctor. And this has been one of the designs of Obamacare. They do not want entrepreneurial creative doctors. They want automatons who will do things like, you know, it's really time for you to die. That's the shift they want. Right? The, the, hey, would you, would you please prove your worth to society, madam? Psychopathic. And sometimes it comes in small packages. <laughs> sometimes it comes in bizarre packages. This is, um, 
This is Gisil, Giselle Fetterman. She is the wife of John Fetterman. And I mentioned this because she wants you to know. She likes to have sex with men and women. Why am I saying that? Because she wears a t-shirt quite commonly that says she likes to have sex with both men and women. Because she is a narcissist. Because it's vital that you not just know that she likes to have sex with men and women, that you know that she does it, and that you do not judge that, that you are enthusiastic, you're brave and stunning. That's the, that's the sign of a narcissist. Her husband is, may well be the senator from Pennsylvania, and he is broken mentally, utterly, utterly broken. And yet she says, hey, if you don't like my husband to be senator, it's because you are a hater. This is Giselle Fetterman talking about swimming. And while we did not want the mansion, that mansion came with the pool and the pool I wanted. And the dream was to open this pool and make it a public pool, turn it into the people's pool and ensure that um, young people across Pennsylvania could learn how to swim and learn water safety and kind of work to right some of the wrongs. You know, historically, um, swimming in America is very racist. Um, And usually when you look at drowning statistics, that usually affects children of color because of lack of access. So we were able (laughs) Okay. There's a lot of reasons that children of color might drown. One of them is psychopaths who broke up black families with racist policies. Well, we can't expect the blacks to work. So they're black. So give them welfare or flat out sociopaths. Like politicians who said, you know what? Give me 30 years. I'll have the blacks eaten out of our hands. Democrats, by the way. We'll turn them back into victims. You know, the book, Please Stop Helping Us. Is that Jason Riley's his name, right? Wall Street Journal, former Wall Street Journal guy. I got to see him speak once. Phenomenal. In fact, I got to have dinner with him. Phenomenal guy. In his book, his book points out that black people were doing better before welfare. Before trying to force companies to hire them. Before rigging the system to get them into college. When people aren't ready for college, they're not ready. That's that ruined black families and black success. So, hey, when there's not a parent supervising you swimming, you're probably more likely to die. But that's, that's see, that's one psychopathic tendency. Here's another. And then we'll get into policy stuff because, of course, it's all over policy. This is Dylan Mulvaney. We played some audio last week of Dylan in the White House where he was lecturing the figurehead, Biden, about so-called transgender people. That's, that's a condition that's, that does not exist. No one has ever been born in the wrong body. Transgender is a made-up word that means nothing. And yet it rules society. They are the rulers of society. Ever ask who, you ever wonder who's in charge to determine who you're not allowed to criticize? So Dylan Mulvaney is a man who does, he pretends not to be a woman, mind you. He pretends to be a pubescent girl. He calls himself a girl. This is Dylan Mulvaney before he chose that form of victimhood because that's what he sat there with the figurehead said. He sat there and pretended that so-called transgender people are the most victimized in society when in fact, 
so-called transgender people have rights no one else has. No one else gets to pretend to be someone else and get away with it. You don't get to pretend to be your boss. If you are a man with horrible sexual proclivities, you're a 40-year-old man, you don't get to say, I'm actually a 16-year-old boy. I'm going back to high school and I'm going to date little girls. 14. You don't get to do that yet. That's coming. As psychopaths continue and sociopaths continue to recognize we're in a victim culture, that's coming, but you don't get to do that right now. You don't get to do that on your taxes. What? You earned a million dollars last year. No, I didn't. No, wait, but your name is you know, Mark Kennedy. No, no, I'm not Mark Kennedy. I'm Joe Blow. Oh, so you didn't earn a million bucks? No. All right, sorry. But Dylan Mulvaney, before he chose the new victim status of pretending to be a little girl trapped in a man's body, he was on stage with a band called the Skivvies. And they're very in shape, uh, same-sex attracted people who do a show. And Dylan Mulvaney came out, and I am, I am not trying to be provocative. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm going to describe something of a slightly sexual nature because it's important to understand the psychology. Dylan Mulvaney, as he comes out to sing this song, they do a little skit about how Dylan snuck his way in when he was too young. And the audience goes, oh, yeah. He was not of age. Oh, And as Dylan Mulvaney sings this song, um, he is wearing a very tight speedo, speedo type underwear, very tight. And it is evident that as Dylan Mulvaney sings this song, he is becoming sexually aroused. Evident to me. He doesn't say 17. I am 16 going on seven. I know that I'm That time you said 17. They named the video, the Skivvies and Dylan Mulvaney, 16 going on seven, teenage dream. And now, now Dylan Mulvaney is a girl. And he is part of the most victimized group in the United States of America. A little girl. And he gets to go to the White House and sit there and pretend to be, at that point, Jackie Onassis Kennedy interviewing the figurehead and gets to force other people to pretend he is a girl and gets paid for it by a makeup company, Ultra. See where we're going with this? Now let's see how it's affecting policy because that's where it really gets serious. 
Not that transgenderism, so-called, isn't policy. Hey, I have great respect for people who will put it all at risk. That's so difficult to do. And sometimes it's just this leap of faith, particularly in um, times of universal deceit. You know, telling the truth is an act of, uh, it's a revolutionary act. And sometimes the truth is you have a, an opinion that you're not exposed to, you're not supposed to express. Mike Lindell is that guy. Okay, Mike Lindell is the guy who said, no, I think the election was stolen. And Mike Lindell is a guy who has earned enough money because he's provided enough products that people love that he's able to do this. Because never, never forget that Mike Lindell was completely non-controversial. His pillows were so good that they went from direct sales, mypillow.com, you know that. They went from direct sales to they were in bed, you know, bed, bath, and beyond. And that's, that's a hard change to make. But he pulled it off because the products are that good. Then when he expressed himself and said, I think the election was stolen, and now he says he knows it is. Then all of a sudden, Beth, Bed Bath & Beyond, oh, we can't have your pillows in there. He put it all at risk. But I bet he sleeps well because he's trusting in God. And God's people stick together. Now, I'm not saying it's a godly act to buy a pillow. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that a bit. But it is a godly act to tell the truth as you see it. It is a godly act to speak when you think that theft has gone on. And that's what Mike has done. But it always goes back to the product. Everything we talk about goes back to the product. The MyPillow product is a fantastic product. I have slept on them for about eight years. And (laughs) just gave my daughter two brand new MyPillows. And described to her the process. This is the freaky process. If you've never bought a pillow, you know this. You pop them into the dryer. They puff up. You lay down on them. They form to your head. There's this also the fact that your pillows, if you don't wash those things regularly, you know what gets in there? Bugs. They live in your pillows. My pillow, you can wash regularly. That's a brilliant, brilliant design. And now that we have had my pillow reach out to us to say, hey, will you introduce this to your audience? Now, some of you already know my pillow. In fact, a bunch of you do. If you don't yet, here's a great way to get started. Go to MyPillow.com slash Herman. Okay, that's MyPillow.com slash Herman, my last name. And when you do, Mike Lindell is going to give you the best offer ever. You're going to receive a standard MyPillow for only $19.88. Use the promo code Herman, H-E-R-M-A-N, for special deep discounts on all MyPillow products. Got that? Okay, use my name. For discounts on all my pillow products. If you already have the pillows, use my name. Get a deep discount on that. MyPillow.com slash Herman, promo code Herman. So go to my page at MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use the promo code Herman. It's made in the USA, 10-year warranty. You know it's going to last a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to my page. That's MyPillow.com slash Herman and use promo code Herman to take advantage of Mike's special offer on anything. Okay, promo code, you get the um, the special offer on anything. One of the things we do is we back each other's play. And I'm happy and very honored to be able to join in backing Mike Lindell's play. MyPillow.com slash Herman. So this all affects policy. So one of the hallmarks of a sociopath is they don't care how you feel because they don't think you're a person. You're an object. 
Uh, the easiest way to point this out, of course, is COVID. And next hour, we're going to go through the fact that the figurehead is back to being made to say that we're in a global health emergency. We're going to go track yet more evidence that the mRNA injections are murdering people. We're going to go through more evidence that the lockdowns are going to kill more people than the COVID flu ever did. And that's just the lockdowns. That doesn't count the injections. And I'm using numbers that are the government's numbers. And you know that they, they blew up COVID deaths. COVID deaths are about 30% of what the government has reported because of the PCR fraud, etc. So that's the, the hallmark of a psychopath. Just keep selling it. Pump it into kids. Here's another. Lying. Just, just, just absolute lying. This is Meg Whitmer, who was the actress in the FBI's hoax kidnapping, the Fednapping, as Julie Kelly has named it. She was the actress in that. The one to pretend to have been scared that she was going to be kidnapped, even though <laughs> it was an impossibility because there were FBI people all over. They knew what they were doing. Here is Meg Whitmer openly, clearly, unambiguously, objectively lying about how long she locked kids out of school. You know, Mrs. Dixon says that I kept students out longer than any other state. That's just not true. I worked closely with my Republican and Democratic governors, and kids were out for three months. They were? Um, This isn't opinion. It's not imagination. It's not, we'll have to agree to disagree. This is tracked. (laughs) This is knowable. It's known. That woman smiled into a TV camera and absolutely lied. And Tudor Dixon called her out on it. I'm pretty sure I just heard an audible gasp around town when Gretchen Whitmer said that kids were out of school for three months. Perhaps she wasn't paying attention to what was actually happening. Even We even had schools that were closed this year. This is shocking to me that she thinks that schools were only closed for three months. Or maybe she thinks she can convince you that schools were only closed for three months. But you know better because your students are the ones that are desperately behind. And the test scores show that she's being dishonest about this. She's being dishonest honest about even trying to get into these schools to get these schools back on track. So Tudor Dixon can easily call this out. And Meg Whitmer is unbothered by this. One of the hallmarks of a sociopath is they don't have a conscience. That woman, Meg Whitmer, banned people from buying gardening seeds to grow food. (laughs) You could walk through a Home Depot. Because remember, the virus could not exist in a Home Depot. It could exist in a family-owned hardware store, but not Home Depot, except where there were seeds to grow food. That had to be roped off. It was illegal. You could go buy boards, screws, nuts, other stuff, but not seeds. Because seeds, that will kill, the, kill all the children. Or there's this. This is Lee Zeldin in New York. And he is calling out Kathy Hochul on crime. Remember what we're talking about? People identify as victims. 
And you get enough of them and psychopaths and sociopaths rise up and say, I will be the face of this. This is my way to superstardom, Dylan Mulvaney. All of a sudden, now I'm a girl. This is my way to fame and notoriety. Or power and fame and notoriety, since we've decided to make politicians into famous people. So this is Lee Zeldin talking about crime in New York. Well, who are the new victims? Criminals. (laughs) Criminals are the new victims. And in separate countries like Washington State and separate cities within that separate country like Seattle, criminals run things. They legitimately run things. I'm not talking about the criminal politicians. I'm talking about street criminals have more control over that city than voters do. Street criminals have more control over Seattle than cops do. In fact, and I don't know if I've mentioned this, did you know that Amazon.com recently decided to change vendors uh, for security? And this brought brought to my attention the fact that Amazon had 1,200 employees involved in the security of the uh, Amazon buildings headquarters and uh and the uh, the spheres the two spherical buildings the architectural marvels that they built there 1200 people involved in security you want to know who doesn't have enough cops seattle they're short by about 800 cops sociopaths and victim class So from Seattle back to New York, this is Lee Zeldin making the point about crime. It's about getting the guns off the streets. That's the first start. We have more to do, but I'm the one to do it. Did you want to respond? Yes. Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, Kathy Hochul believes that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impacted them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature legislature should come back and they should overhaul cashless bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me. And then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. Right. But here is the proof point of everything I'm saying about psychopaths. Kathy Hochul, later in the debate, Lee Zeldin is wisely staying on message. And the message is crime is out of control. This this governor, who still to this moment, we're at, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone is- who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I know is that... I don't know why that's so important to you. Uh... Lee Zeldin's daughters were home when someone was murdered right outside their house. The husband of Nancy Pelosi, what was his name, Frank Pelosi, was apparently beaten up in a home invasion robbery. And I guarantee there's going to be a lot of security at Nancy Pelosi's house. It's, it, she must have not been there because she's in the chain of command 
uh, not chain of command, but she is in the um, uh, order of ascendancy that, God forbid, she could be president. Not that she would be any worse than the figurehead, whoever runs the figurehead. So she doesn't know why that's so important to you. Sociopaths do not recognize our feelings because our feelings don't matter because we are objects. We should not be allowed to have feelings. We're just just littletons, simpletons, bitter clingers, deplorables, as it were. And yes, this has real-world effects. This is from Seattle, separate country thereof. And it's the federal cops arrested a bunch of people who were dealing drugs. Jonathan Cho is a former television reporter, now works at the Discovery Institute. He provided this. It's a press conference, and they're talking about what they seized. But the important part is, listen to where the stuff was seized. These defendants were using firearms to protect massive amounts of drugs being brought into this district. Fentanyl, methamphetamine, heroin, and others. And during the course of the investigation, when law enforcement stopped vehicles uh, or took off an RV carrying loads of drugs, these defendants were not deterred. Not only did we seize one RV filled with narcotics, but we, we seized two. The cartels will also exploit any means necessary to get their deadly drugs into American communities. Well, all the search warrants were served at residences or for vehicles. Um, so we have in Ballard and in Bothell and in West Seattle, uh, and there's more locations that we can talk about. Um, but those are in people's neighborhoods where they live with their families. Residences or vehicles and RVs. Guess what RVs are? They're residences. And the RVs pepper Seattle. You can't park over time in Seattle without getting a parking ticket. And if you don't pay it, it will go to collections. And then if you don't pay that, it will double, triple, quadruple in price. And then your credit rating is affected. And then when you want to go apply to buy a house and you need a loan, then, oh, you better go pay those off. And now, now they're not just quadrupled, they're, they're quintupled. But if you take an RV and it's a trash RV, I mean, if you have a nice RV and you park it in the streets, they'll give you a ticket. But if you take a trash RV and you park it and you put on the back of it a diesel generator and a gas generator and you put up bad wiring that is bound to explode, and you steal power, you take a power cord and hook it up to your neighbors, or to, to the, they're not your neighbors because you're not from the neighborhood, but you hook it up to people's houses. They don't care. You have um, falling down RVs with, with uh, propane inside. They don't care because the victims are in charge because the victims are the power. You know, we talk a lot about people are products to the party, to the powerful victims are currency. This is my army. Politicians are only different by degree, not type from Antifa. Antifa recruits murderers and child molesters and men who want to be to pretend to be women and women who want to pretend to be men and want to be able to force people to agree. And here's what they tell them. When we seize control, nobody's going to misgender you. And here's what they tell people who like to commit violence. We get to do this time and time again, and we'll bail you out. Every time you get arrested, we'll bail you out. We'll provide your drugs and your food. It's classic. And this is what we're seeing. 
Find me the victim in Christianity. Go ahead. Go to the Bible. Find me the victim. Anyone? In Christian constructs, we're all victims of one thing. Sin. The sin problem. The least of these, that's not a victim. It's someone who has less. Someone who's been afforded less. And people can say, well, that means Christianity is a cruel faith. No, it's not. Because the Lord looks at things eternally. That person had a tough time on earth. And guess what? In eternity, you're going to go one day when you're in eternity with the Lord. And someone's going to say to you, do you remember earth? And you're going to go, huh. You know, you're a billion years from now. You're going to go, kind of. Do you remember what it felt like to stub a toe? Wow. No. So once again, the party is adverse to God's design. And of course, it has real world results. We were lectured constantly in the separate country of Seattle about harm reduction. That uh, letting people take drugs on the streets is harm reduction. That needle exchanges are harm reduction. That decriminalizing fentanyl, meth, and heroin is harm reduction. Because now people will do it safely. The people in Vancouver, Canada have been told the same ridiculous, stupid lie time and time again for about a decade. They were the ones who set up the government-funded heroin dens first. And if you go to where those heroin dens are at, it is like walking through a set of the walking dead because there are walking zombies. People who have been ruined versus being stored, they're stored on the streets and it just continues to get worse. And I confront people about this. It didn't work in Vancouver. The government-funded heroin injection sites didn't work. You have overdoses that have tripled every single year, tripling upon tripling upon tripling. You know what people will say to me? Well, that's, that's because of fentanyl. That's, um, you know, things were good until fentanyl came. And guess what? Once fentanyl isn't the drug du jour and there's something more dangerous, then it's going to be that. This is the result of victimhood as virtue and sociopaths and psychopaths getting on top of that and saying, ooh, ooh, victims, power. Michelle, it's called contingency management. Think of it like a reward system for people who can stay clean. The incentives in this, it is key because this new audit shows that those overdosing from meth the most across King County are those with little to nothing in their name experiencing homelessness. Here's an example of how this reward system might work. Someone would submit urine tests to update their recovery progress. If the results came back negative, that person would receive something like a gift card or a voucher. The value of those rewards would increase every time a negative test is submitted. But if there's a positive or a missed appointment, it goes back to the original amount. The average total reward someone would be able to receive through a 12-week intervention would be about $300. Now, across the board, overdose deaths because of meth, they are increasing year after year. Take a look at these figures. In 2016, King County saw about 98 meth-involved deaths. That went up to 365 last year. And this year, we're on pace to see even more. Also, something to add that these numbers, they are right in line with the increases in the total deaths we are also seeing from fentanyl use. 
300 bucks. People who are so addled by meth and fentanyl that they sell their bodies, that they shoot this drug into their eyeballs because their other veins are messed up and collapsed. People who sleep in urine and feces and steal because they can't go a few hours without this drug. 300 bucks, a gift certificate. And it's 300 bucks max. That's it. That'll stop it. That's what we're seeing. So we began the program, this episode, by talking about the online culture with your kids and the contest to be victims. This is complex, but it's also very simple. The complexity is we're once again up against forces that intend to destroy the family and to cripple people mentally. As parents, our best defense against this is to raise kids who from a very young age do it on their own, who fail. This is one of my biggest mistakes as a parent is is being there to help make sure my daughter didn't utterly fail. Let your kids fail. Don't fix. Be empathetic. Failing hurts. It's painful and frustrating. And how are you going to rise above? Because we live with a generation of kids who are going to be surrounded with victimhood as virtue. And then there's this. To whom much is given, much is expected. In your good home with your good kids, expect much. Because it's biblical. Expect much. And then lastly, the joys. Peace, love, happiness, faithfulness, goodness, forbearance, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit. If you're not feeling those things, then I would suggest to you that you may not be taking full advantage of what God is willing to do for us. For His yoke is easy and His burden is light, and He would love to lift your burdens. If you'll trust Him and recognize that He's a loving, loving God. That was this episode of the Todd Herman Channel. Please go be well. Be strong, be kind, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 